This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All of our energy has been rightfully focused on one story throughout the course of the entire week. The health of DeMar Hamlin is everything to everybody as we continue to look at the sports world. But while we were looking at that, Week 18 games now are going to go. And when they do happen, there is tremendous drama happening around one team. And it's not where I expected it would come from. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just ask them to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys can chime in also. We're going to sprinkle your calls in throughout. We want this to be a community. Hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I am used to saying drama in Cleveland around the Black Browns, Harry, uh, but I didn't expect that suddenly we would see an explosion of drama around Jadavion Clowney, who made it clear in an interview yesterday that he doesn't think he's going to be back. And just when you thought that that might sort of boil over or might just sort of roll over and everything would be fine, we are getting more developments at this point. He's been sent home from practice. Uh, Defensive end coach Chris Kiffin confirms Clowney refused to play on first or second down versus Baltimore. Kiffin could only get him to play on third downs. Clowney told Kiffin that it was due to injury. Kiffin says he now realizes injury wasn't the reason. This is contentious all of a sudden from somebody that's made it clear he doesn't want to be there and the Browns have made it clear they don't want him. Well, I'll say this, Fitz, and you know I played in the league for 10 years, right? And I always will believe that there's a way to handle situations, especially when you don't agree with them. Uh, there's a it, You're called a professional for a reason. I think it should be a sense of professionalism when it comes to certain situations like this. Now, Jadavion Clowney might be upset because, you know, he might not be getting the reps that he want to or the simple fact that the defensive coordinator – uh, maybe putting Miles Garrett in a position to be successful. Now, news flash for Jadavion Clowney, just in case he didn't understand or know this. But when you're playing against an opponent and you have your best defensive player on the team, your job as a defensive coordinator is to put him in the best position possible to get him the best matchup. So if that week, if it, is it, if it is, isn't you, then it isn't you. You can still make plays. Miles Garrett has been the cornerstone on this defense the last few years. Miles Garrett right now at the moment is fourth in the National Football League in sacks with 15. He is a man's child. So, yes, I'm going to revolve my defense around Miles Garrett. I also think you can't sit on the sideline and tell a coach, hey, I'm not going in on first and second downs, but I want to play on third downs. And kudos to the coach because he didn't blow up on them on the sidelines. And granted, he didn't even know that's why, you know, Jadavion Clowney wasn't going in the football game. But – at the same time, what if your teammates need you on first and second down? You're just going to let them down because you're feeling some type of way. You're in your feelings. News flash. One thing I've learned within the game of football, it doesn't have time for your feelings. It really doesn't, <laughs> especially when it comes to things of, of, of this manner. When you talk about it, though, like it, it sort of shook me, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this right away because – there's two ways to take it, right? Jadavion Clowney's saying that, well, they're, they're making sure that Miles Garrett gets all the favorable matchups. Like, duh. Doesn't that seem to make sense? Like, if you've got duh. if you've got one of the best pass rushers in the league, like, I don't think it's a far cry to, th- to think that my beloved Raiders are going to try and put Max Crosby in a situation to get sacks. you got a great player. You put him in situations to be successful, right? Fitz, I'm going to give you an example. A few years back, the Dallas Cowboys was missing a starting offensive lineman, and they were playing the Los Angeles Rams that, that next week. You want to know what the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams did? Made sure that he lined up 
made sure that he lined up Aaron Donald hmm. across from that backup offensive lineman every time he got a chance. Why, Fitz? Because that's the best player on defense, and you want to have a competitive advantage any way possible. That's what you're supposed to do, Miles Garrett. Now, if you have an issue, how about you stay healthy and play in all 16, 17 games a year? Because we look at the last four years, right? 2022, this year, he's only played 12 games. Last year, he played 14. 2020 with the Tennessee Titans, he, he played eight games. The year before that with the Seattle Seahawks, he played 13 games. But let's talk about the production as well. This year, he only has two sacks. He had nine sacks in 2021. 2020, he had zero sacks. 2019, he had three sacks. Not to mention when he got drafted as the number one overall draft pick to the Houston Texans, you're playing with J.J. Watt. (laughs) You're playing with other people on that defensive line so you can also have production. So you get where I'm going here, and he says he wants to go somewhere where people believe in him. You're the number one overall draft pick in 2014. Some damn body had to believe in you. What are you talking about? You you look at the production, you look at the money, you know, and you start to think about the investment made on a pass rusher that's about to hit 30, which is not the end of the world, right? Not the end of the world, but you're right. A pass rusher that it feels like every team banks on that they're going to be able to make a massive difference. And all I keep thinking about when you talk about Aaron Donald and the matchups is we see this all the time offensively. One of the, This is, comes back to we, we analyze what we can easily see. So all the time, if I'm watching my favorite team and I see a corner that I know sucks because you can just see him out there, my first thought is like, get my best wide receiver on him, right? Like, The number of times I've said, find a way to get Devontae Adams open. As a Raiders fan, find a way to get Devontae Adams the football. I don't have any problem with the defensive side of the ball doing the same thing. I got a game. I got one of the best in the league at doing this. I'm going to find a way to get him sacks. And it's not necessarily about getting Miles Garrett sacks, particularly. It's about getting your team sacks because that's that's what you want. Like That's the plus play that you need defensively. So you're looking at it saying, all right, I got a way that I can make an impactful play on this, and it's by getting this guy in a better situation. You're going to do that every time out of every time. Fitz, I went through this situation when I was in Atlanta, right, and I was playing with Roddy White and Julio Jones, and we're playing the Denver Broncos, and the Denver Broncos had two of their corners go down. So now we're to their third corner, who has to be the number one corner at the time. You want to know what our offensive coordinator did? (laughs) Move Roddy White around so we can find that duck. Yeah, duck, duck, goose. So we can find the fish. So we can go fishing on that one corner that we don't think can play the game of football at a very high level. And Roddy had a field day. That's what every coach, that's what good coaches do. do. Bad coaches going to sit there, Jadavion, we're going to let you go ahead and try to get this sack. Keyword, try. When we know Miles Garrett is going to get that sack versus a lesser opponent. Yeah, and, and there's also a point even for the locker room, and you can speak to this, right? Like, when, if you see somebody out, like, if you know that Miles Garrett's going to give you a better chance to make that play, and suddenly they're putting Clowney in, you're going to look at your coaches and be like, what the hell are we doing? Like, to your point, not only do great coaches find ways to exploit matchups, great players expect great coaches to do that, right? So, like, you, you're not, in my mind, you're not, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, you're not going to lose a locker room any faster than by suddenly not utilizing your best players in the best situations because you're trying to get some other guy rhythm because he wants it and he's a diva like I just that that doesn't seem like that's the sort of thing a locker room is going to embrace at all and I will say more of the story though Fitz and and, and like to be honest there's a way to handle situations like this the way Jadavion Clowney is is handling the situation is not the way you want to do it 
Be a pro, be a, be a professional, because you never know what team you want to be on or you want to pick you up in the long run. You don't know who these coaches know on other organizations uh, from top to bottom, so you don't want to burn bridges. I understand you, 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 you're you a human being, you're a man, and you may feel some type of way, so go in there and talk to the coach one-on-one like a man. Don't handle it the way he, he's handled it so, thus far. There is this moment where the Browns are sitting at 7-9. and nine. You know, We'll see what happens this weekend. But the Browns finishing 7-9, and nine, a lot of it right now you can say, well, they didn't have Deshaun for much of the season for obvious reasons, so that impacts the way uh, that their season was going to go. But if you are ownership for the Cleveland Browns, if you're the front office for the Cleveland Browns, what you expect to see is a team coming together and gelling and getting right for next season. You expect to have some level of hope coming together, getting right for next season. This is just another example of how toxic things can become at some point. And the Browns are going to have to figure out organizationally how to deal with it right now in a way that doesn't play into next season at all. And frankly, they're going to have to deal with one absolutely real thing for the next several years moving forward. They did not acquire Deshaun Watson pay Deshaun Watson, go through everything that they went through from a PR standpoint to get Deshaun Watson on their team to be a mid-level AFC team. They did that to try and win Super Bowls. And this Browns team looks right now like it is nowhere near that. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Week 18 starts tomorrow night. That's right. You don't even have to tomorrow afternoon if you're on the West Coast like I'll be. I'll be sitting in a bar somewhere watching the Raiders play the Chiefs. You don't even have to wait for Sunday until quite possibly the best game of the entire weekend. We'll break down the action to look for next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Oh, that music can only mean one thing. Football games to break down. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We've spent all week talking about the soap operas. We've been spent all week talking about the scheduling. We've spent all week talking about the quarterbacks. Harry Douglas, we got to talk about some of the games. I can't. It, was that was that effective? Well, what are we waiting on? Well, let's go. I just wanted to see if my gots to got you pumped at all. I didn't know if like that made you get all in your feels. Let's, let's go. And we're going to start with this game because I am that guy. Chiefs and Raiders. Jared Stidham's the answer, right? Right, AC? Like, what, what, that game's 4.30 on ESPN Saturday afternoon. I text one of our producers, Chris Colon, that does great work on our digital stuff, and I said, whatever pre-tapes you're planning on Saturday, cancel them if they're in the afternoon. I got a bar to sit in and watch the Raiders game at 1.30. The Raiders taking on the Chiefs. I thought the Raiders were going to get killed by the 49ers. Jared Stidham came out. They put up 500 yards of offense. Josh Jacobs questionable in this game, but that doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is that nobody on the defensive side of Vegas can even stand up against Kansas City. Kansas City has something to play for. I think the Chiefs are going to roll the Raiders, and I'm going to be all up in my fields by Saturday. Saturday night, you're going to have to hold me at the college football playoff. What well, do you think? I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. The first matchup was a really good game between these two teams. I know. And that I game know. was in Kansas City. I know. And for a lot of people who do, do, do not know that Fitz is a Raiders fan, and we had plans to actually go to this football game, Fitz. And those plans got denied because now you don't get into L.A. and to win again. Uh, no, I mean, look. Fitz, just tell us when you get into L.A. Uh, Saturday, I get in story. Saturday morning. I get you in get Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Now, see, because of the fact that he gets in Saturday morning now, we cannot take that trip because he would just be getting into Los Angeles, and that, that's just entirely too much. That's a lot. Plus, we got to watch games, and, you know, our mind has, has to be in a different place. 
Now, I will say this. When I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they still need to win this football game. The Las Vegas Raiders, they still playing for something. Is it a playoff bid? No. But it's pride. The name on the front of the jersey. The name on the back of the jersey. And you want to end your season in the correct manner. I looked last week at them playing against the San Francisco 49ers, and I, and I looked at Devontae Adams, who still has it. Mm-hmm. I looked at Darren Waller, who still has mm-hmm. it. I looked at Josh Jacobs, who still has mm-hmm. it. Leading rusher in the NFL, preach! This team has some promise. <laughs> Everything that has went wrong for the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm not saying you can cover it up with the win versus the Kansas City Chiefs, but you can go into the offseason season feeling a lot different about yourself. You know what? Harry Douglas changed my mind. Raiders going to win. Let's go to the next game that we're going to preview here, and we're going to do it with some breaking news. John Harbaugh officially ruled Lamar Jackson out for Sunday's game against the Bengals. Time to break down. Ravens at Bengals. This game means nothing to Baltimore, right? Like, at this point, there's a real shot that Baltimore can play Cincinnati in the in the first round of the playoffs in the wild card matchup, depending on what happens in the Buffalo game. Like, if I'm Baltimore, I sit everybody and go as vanilla as possible. Yeah, I expect the Cincinnati Bengals to win this football game. The only tie-up that could happen is that, you know, they're coming off this, this game against the Buffalo Bills in which, you know, the mental state of everyone might still be in shock a little bit. But other than that, the Baltimore Ravens have no win, no business winning this football game without Lamar Jackson. I understand Tyler Huntley. He's a decent quarterback, but he hasn't been able to live up to the hype since Lamar Jackson has been out. Yeah, th- that game is going to be uh, interesting to see how they handle emotions. Next up on the list, I'm going to get you... Cowboys at Commanders. Why? Because this one is part of... It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Oh, look at me hitting all the buttons like a pro. The Cowboys, <laughs> seven-point favorites at Washington. Uh, look, I, I'm all in on the Cowboys winning this game by a bazillion. Uh, I, I, am I missing something, Harry? No, you're not at all. Okay. Uh, I'll say for the Washington Commanders, their their head coach not understanding certain things along with the bad play of Carson Wentz and their quarterback missed the opportunity last week. So, are they playing? Are they playing for a playoff spot? No, they're just playing for the pride and also the name on their jerseys. Plus, it's a divisional opponent, and you want to try to ruin some things for them. Even though they still have that five seat right now, the wild card, the Cowboys still are still playing for something. The San Francisco 49ers and the Eagles both lose. Playing for something takes. By the way, to be very clear. Cowboys minus seven for the Pick'em Challenge, Evan. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the points. All right, this one, you mentioned playing for something. One of these teams has nothing to play for, and it's created a real conversation. Giants at Eagles. Look, the Giants are where they're going to be, and according to multiple reports, it looks like they may be deciding to rest a bunch of starters. They're taking on a Philly team that is playing for the number one seed. I mean, if the Giants could do the impossible and beat Philly, right, and San Francisco wins over Arizona, not unlikely, all of a sudden San Francisco would have the one seed. So the Giants have to sort of weigh this process of do we rest our guys and get as healthy as possible, or or do we turn around and play everybody and try and ruin the season for Philly what would you do shout out to Brian Dable who I have as my coach of the year because right here in this instant in this moment he's trying to protect his players because the last time we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York football Giants face each other at MetLife Stadium they got embarrassed and when I mean embarrassed the Eagles ran for 253 yards and four touchdowns the Eagles defense also had seven sacks in that ball game so Brian Dable is being smart here let's not play our guys and have them going into the playoff situation the playoffs uh uh, next week with a bad attitude or kind of like, you know, a let down attitude. Type. So, so what you're saying, 
is not even above the physical aspect of it. Mentally, you don't want your team to go out there with all their starters, get their ass whooped, and then suddenly feel less confident going into the playoffs. 100%. So you rest your starters to save their mentality going in. It's a reason why he's the coach of the year this year. He's Man. being smart in this situation. I had never, like, we keep talking about, well, what if the quarterback gets hit? We never talk about, well, what if the quarterback just plays like trash and suddenly loses all of his confidence and they feel like they can't play against a top-notch <laughs> playoff team. Like, that's a different level of emotion, let's say, that I wasn't ready for at all in that one. So, Harry Douglas doing what Harry Douglas does and just absolutely opening my eyes. We're running through all the Week 18 action on Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, let's get this one in next. Patriots at Bills. Emotion, man. That's all I keep saying. Like, you've got a New England team that needs to win to stay alive in the playoff process, right? And then you've got a Buffalo team that obviously they'll know. They'll know when they've even kicked off if they have a shot at the number one seed. If Kansas City loses uh, on uh, if Kansas City loses on Saturday to my beloved Raiders, then the Bills could be in a situation where they are playing for the number one overall seed. They will know when that game kicks off. So uh, obviously a lot on the line. But even if they, even if they're not playing for the number one seed, there's a huge difference because, because as we talked about earlier, if Buffalo loses and Cincinnati wins, then the Bills could fall all the way to the three seed and eventually have to go back to Cincinnati, as staggering as that is when I say it out loud. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't see the Buffalo Bills losing this football game. You talk about being motivated. You had an opportunity to talk to your brother this morning, DeMar Hamlin, and he gave you that extra motivation to push through things. I just don't see it. And you look at the New England Patriots, they're fighting for their playoff, um, to fighting to get into the playoffs, uh, to, to be exact. I just don't see it happen. The lack of offensive uh, pro- productivity this season, I think, is really going to play a major factor in this game against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that, that's it. this is going to be the one that we're all going to be watching for obvious reasons. One game that you're only watching if somebody absolutely forces you to. This is where the NFL's Week 18 idea of division rivals goes awry because we got this one. Texans at Colts. Meh. It's the meh. Oh, I'll boy. take this one. I'll okay, take go this ahead, one. Go ahead. go ahead, Jeff. Saturday, we love you here at ESPN. Enjoy your last game. We'll see you soon, my man. <laughs> oh, that is well Love you, but this we will see you soon. This game actually is significant. Uh, uh, how? If the Texans win and the Bears lose, the Bears get the first overall pick. This is extremely significant. And if Houston loses to Indy and the Bears win, the Bears have the number one pick. I think there's a bigger likelihood the Bears would trade the number one pick to Indy than Houston would trading in their own division so Indy can go get their franchise quarterback. So, I think this game is significant. And so no, I'm not th- watching it. So you think it. the Houston Texans are going to go out there and lose the number one pick versus a divisional opponent? The Colts technically could be playing for the number one pick here based on my math. Because if they uh, lose to the Texans and Chicago loses... Then, then Indy can trade with Chicago for the number one overall pick and go get C.J. Stroud. Evan, I want you to answer my question, please, sir. You think the Houston Texans, who had an opportunity to kick a field goal and score a touchdown and decide to run the speed option with Driscoll against the Dallas Cowboys inside their own three-yard line, you think the Houston Texans are going to waste the opportunity to get the number one overall draft pick by beating the Indianapolis Colts? I think there's a chance it happens. I think that you could oh call this goodness. the lay it down game because all He's Houston's going to be doing <laughs> is laying it out. Yeah, Evan coming in. Evan's like, look, green at the end. <laughs> Houston's going to like Houston's going to start going for it on fourth and thirty-two. 
Houston's exactly. gonna like try and set a new record for an 83-yard field goal. Houston will send out Lovey to play quarterback midway through the third. Whatever it takes to make sure that Houston has the top overall pick. Now, but- Fitz, here's here's the bad thing about this: if the Houston Texans win this football game, Evans gonna come back here and be like, "Excuse me." I tried to tell y'all. Let me just put this and one wrinkle. you have wrinkle. every right to do so. Let <laughs> me put this one wrinkle in there, though. One of our one of our insiders told me last week that the Texans don't like any of these quarterbacks. And if that's true, they don't Ooh. like any of these quarterbacks in the draft. They don't care if they're picking second. They don't need the first overall pick if they don't Ooh, like any a, of the quarterbacks. They'll be able to sit at insight. two and get the best defensive player available. Speaking of quarterbacks... One team has absolutely zero clue what they're even trying to do with their quarterback. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. What was just a proposal hours ago has now been voted on and approved. The breaking news that we have, the NFL owners have approved their plan regarding the playoffs. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The NFL owners have approved a plan that leaves open the possibility of a neutral site AFC championship game and could determine home field for a wild card game between the Bengals and Baltimore Ravens by a coin flip. So here's what you need to know. Obviously, the game between the Bills and Bengals on Monday night at this point has been canceled. Most of you know that. What does that mean? It means this weekend, if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Bills-Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. Okay, If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. All right, that's all because of the fact that the Chiefs have played more games than the Bengals and the Bills. So the easiest way to remember this is that anytime you have two teams facing off that did not play the same number of games, if they're facing off the AFC Championship game, it will be at a neutral site. The other particular thing here is that if the Ravens win Sunday on the Bills, against the Bengals, I should say, sorry. If the Ravens win Sunday against the Bengals, they were matched up against Cincinnati in an AFC wildcard game. The site for that game would be determined by a coin flip. If Cincinnati wins or if the two teams are not matched against each other after a Ravens win, regular scheduling procedure would be used. But they're using that coin flip because if the Ravens beat the Bengals and they'd be playing in the playoffs, the Ravens would have two wins over the Bengals. So uh, that's why they're doing it that way. We're going to break it all down. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I know that was a lot. We'll walk through all of it. uh, But we're going to do that first right now with Coach Herm Edwards joining us on the show. Uh, Coach, appreciate the time. What do you make of all the changes now that they're official? Well, that um, we're going to talk about this uh, for the next 24 hours, uh, ESPN, any media outlet, and everybody's going to have an opinion on it. Well, it's not fair, and why would they do it this way? The league made a decision. The owners agreed on it. And guess what? Now we're going to deal with it, whether we like it or not. And, you know, it's kind of funny. When I'm hearing all this, I laugh and I say, you know, one thing I've learned about life, life's never been fair. It ain't fair. Okay, there's a lot of things in life not fair. But the one thing you want in life is opportunity. The teams that go to the playoffs, whether they play at home, on the road, or neutral site, they understand this. There are seven teams, seven in the AFC, 
7 and NFC, your golden training camp was to try to win a division, get into the playoffs, and if you win enough playoff games, you go to the Super Bowl. So if you're, if you're 14 of these teams and there's seven of them on the NFC side, you can say, well, the NFC got it. No, 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 no. As long as you tell me no matter where we play, I get to play with 11 players, I'm good. I'm real good. I'm in the playoffs. I got a chance, and that's all you want. When you start training camp, you say, just get in the playoffs, boys, and we've got a chance. So you're in the playoffs. Don't worry about all that rest of that nonsense. Let us talk about that. Because I'm telling my team, if I'm standing before them, men, we're getting ready to go play. We need to win a game. If we win this game, we get another one. And before you know it, we're going to be playing in the big one. So that's it. All this other stuff, we can talk about it. But the players and coaches, they're not worried about that nonsense. They know I got a chance now. I'm in the playoffs. And, Coach, I always say if you get in the dance, you have a chance. That's That's been a saying got I've a always had. Now, we discussed earlier the idea that if the Bills lose on Sunday and the Bengals win, the Bills could play, you know, the Bengals in the division around in Cincinnati because both teams play equal number of games. It will go to the normal tiebreaker procedures. Now, everything that we just witnessed on Monday Night Football, do you think that's the correct thing to do or should that game be played in a neutral site if it was to happen? You know, I I don't know. You know, I either way – you can't please everybody. And, and that's life. You can't please everybody. You make a decision and you go, okay, I got the decision early enough that I know what I got to deal with. And then you prepare to play. And, you know, if you were a player, I was a player. I mean, there's a lot of things you look at. So why, why do we got to play these teams this year? These three tough teams in a row. And we got to play one on a Thursday. We got to flip it around and, and then and play all Monday night. Why are they doing it? Sometimes the schedule works out that way. And you don't worry about it. You just play. And when you're at a point now in the season where you're in the playoffs, and like you said, you get a chance to go to the dance, man. That's all you concern yourself with. But I got to ask you, Coach. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the fans because, you know, you want home field advantage. You want to play at home. I I get all that. But it's, it's just part of the deal because of an event that took place and the NFL did the right thing. They did the right thing of not playing that game. Not, you don't want to play that game. You, you don't even want to see those two teams again unless they get in the play. You don't want, you don't want to have to revisit that game anymore. That game is gone, guys. And the good thing about it, that young man is turning in the right direction, man. That's all that matters now. Everything else stays the same. You get to play. If you're in the playoffs, go play. Don't worry about where you're playing at. Coach, one of the things I tell you all the time is I can listen to you speak and just run through walls, right? Like you, you know how to get bring out emotion. Well, emotion this weekend is going to be running rampant for everybody that steps on a field. How do you control? Like, well, how do you prepare that team, your team, for emotion and control those emotions, especially early in a game? And that and, and that's difficult because these players will be playing for their teammates, especially the Buffalo Bills. We we know that. And it was great to see that the guy was on Zoom. And, you know, it, it, it's because, guys, we were all sitting in the dark here the last couple of days. And, and I said this earlier on, on ESPN. I said, the one thing that's great about America and brings us together is sports. And it, if you like sports, you don't like sports. But when things happen in sports, it galvanizes us. And that tragic accident that happened, it brought this country to a place where whether you're a football fan, a Buffalo Bill fan, it didn't matter. You're an American, and you're pulling for this kid. 
you're saying, man, please get well. That's all we want to do. That's all everybody was thinking about every day. Is he getting better? That news not only did it spark the Buffalo Bills, it sparked all of us that were praying for this young man. That's what's great about our country. We should, when, when events like this happen, it galvanizes us. Look, guys, I was the head coach of the New York Jets when 9-11 hit. I, I, trust me. And that was an event that I'll never forget. This country should flip. It doesn't matter what religion we are. It doesn't matter politics. All that stuff was thrown out the window. They said, we're American. We're Americans, man. And that first game when we finally came back and we played New England after that, that we, we took off, there wasn't a dry eye in the stadium. Not a dry eye. Coach, I appreciate your insight on this. I appreciate your passion on this. You know how much we love you coming on the show and being so open, honest, raw, and real with us. Herm Edwards, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for giving us your expertise. Appreciate you both. God bless you. The NFL plan was approved. This is this is crazy. We do have a an approval of the NFL playoff pr- plan. Okay, We've got the details. It has all been planned. In addition to telling you how those details will play out, the plan was approved but by all but one owner. All but one owner voted yes on this proposal. You will be stunned when you find out which team said no. We'll tell you about it, but first, Harry's got to tell you this about FanDuel. NFL wildcard weekend is almost here, and the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, and West Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming and Kansas or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's going to be some people looking in the mirror in a second. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers by saying, play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I want you all to call in, be part of this conversation that we're having. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. When we came to air at noon Eastern, by the way, we're with you every single day from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern and all of these places. When Harry and I, and you can watch us in the ESPN app from noon to 2 because we're pretty. Uh, When Harry and I started the show today, there was a proposal of what the league wanted to do. And now that we know that the game between the Bills and the Bengals has been canceled, there was a proposal on what that would mean for playoff seating. All right. That proposal has now become a plan. The owners just voted on this plan and they have made this plan official. All right. The 
plan changes were made Friday, but here's the crazy thing. They were made by a vote of 31 to 1. One team said no. Only one team. Now, the owners could have shut this down. Nine votes no would have shut this whole proposal down. So that was the, the line in the sand, right? They didn't get that. They got one vote. And the one team that objected were the Bengals. With Coach Zach Taylor saying his team felt it was at a disadvantage by the proposal. The quote, it's important for the team to know that because somebody's got to fight for you. It's clearly not coming from the league. It's nice to have our ownership and front office support the players like they have. That's important for us. The Bengals were the other team on this field. And the Bengals certainly, because of this proposal, Harry, you know, they're in a situation where now they've automatically won the division without having to play. But their seeding is greatly impacted by this. It's just stunning for a team that was on the field in this incident to be the one nay on this vote with 31 yays coming in. Oh, man, so many components, so many things to, you know, dissect here. But I will say this. I can, un- I can understand where the Cincinnati Bengals are coming from. Um, in the sense of when you you look at that game versus the Buffalo Bills, and if they would have won that game, right, that would have gave Buffalo another loss, who had the one seed at the time, and then it would have put Cincinnati in another position to move towards getting the one seed. Now, granted, they still would have needed help from the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Las Vegas Raiders to lose that game. And then if it was a three-way tie, if they would have beaten Baltimore this week as well, the Cincinnati Bengals, that is, then it would have been a three-way tie. And then Cincinnati would have owned the tiebreaker over over Buffalo and Kansas City because of the head-to-head matchup and them winning that those games. The flip side of this also, that's that's one side to look at it for Cincinnati. The other side to look at it for Cincinnati is that you're saying they're a division winner, but just hypothetically if they lost this game this weekend versus the Baltimore Ravens, then a coin is going to get flipped that decides where the game is going to be played. So when you look at it from the lens of the Cincinnati Bengals and what Zach Taylor is saying, Yes, he's saying it's kind of a disadvantage for the Cincinnati Bengals on both sides of the spectrum. Now, here's another issue that I have. I have an issue that, number one, the way the teams voted is being public. Like, I, I don't I don't. Oh, think you don't like that? No, I don't. I don't. Because let's just say hypothetically, you know, the owner for the Washington Commanders, Daniel Snyder, gets to a point to where he has to be voted out. And that has to be voted out with the other NFL owners, right? Are we going to make it, you know, breaking news on what owners voted for him to stay in? I hope so. We should. I'm going to live for that. But, but I'm just saying, are are they, though, Fitz? I, I don't know. I don't know what the standard operating I, procedure is on that. I, I don't I, think they will. I, I will find, you know what I will do, because this is what I always do. I'll text Field Yates. Uh, Field, if you're listening right now, I'm about to text you. We'll find out if they always publicize the vote, because I think it's interesting. I, I, there is some moment here where, you know, you and I work so much at college football. I want every single member of the college football playoff committee to sit in front of a microphone, have to defend exactly what they voted, how they voted, the way they voted. I mean, we live in a world but that, where... But is that the way our country works, though? When we go vote for presidents and senators and all kind of other stuff, are, are our votes... Put in the open for who uh, we voted for? I, no. I also wouldn't have a problem if they were, though. Like, I love the accountability. I'm either, like, but I'm just saying that's not, that's not what we do as a country majority of the times. No, and, and that's fair. I think what's, what's interesting here, 
Uh, I know in the past in relocation votes, there's been some conversation about who voted yay or nay. I, I'm not 100% sure. I, again, I'll get clarity on that. I promise everybody that. Uh, but but what becomes wild about this is that specifically it's the Bengals. Like, look, there's a bunch of teams this weekend that are playing for nothing. And those teams don't really care about any of this. So whatever the proposal is, it's easy for those teams to turn around and say, okay, I'm uh, uh, just at least slightly tiny, tiny, tiny bit curious that we've not even talked about draft seating, draft positioning, because at some point these teams will be eliminated from the playoffs and then draft positioning will be impacted by the fact that a winning percentage is different for teams, two teams that played one less game. But I think a lot of the teams got no skin in this game, so they don't really care. So it was going to, I think, always be easier to get votes for the yes on this simply because how many teams are negatively impacted? I'm a little surprised, though, to your point, the Bengals may feel some kind of way about it, but shouldn't the Ravens? Like, the Ravens, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Ravens were like, no, I don't like this. Like, if we sweep the Bengals, we should win the division. That wouldn't have surprised me. So for the Bengals to be like, no, we're cool, or for the Ravens to be, no, we're cool, and the Bengals be like, we're not good. No, 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 we're not cool. Surprise it. It's just the who that surprises But, but I say that I say that because in order for the Baltimore Ravens to win the division, all the games would have been uh, would have would have had to been played. You see what I'm saying? Like Cincinnati would have lost to had to lose to the Buffalo Bills to give them that opportunity. Now, personally, if we're being honest, I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals was going to lose to Buffalo on Monday Night Football. Mm. I, I'm just I'm just being honest, and I said that on first take the uh, the that same exact week that Monday, and I said it the week before. We we did I, both pick the Bengals. You're right, exactly. So when you look at it from that perspective. There's so many different, you know, moving parts to the entire thing. It's it is unprecedented. I, I, we almost get callous to the phrase "unprecedented times." Right during COVID, this is unprecedented, and as a result, we now know that the league has taken the vote by 31 to one and has passed for the initiative. We'll explain every single ounce of it for everybody. We'll take your calls on a triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six and get you caught up another piece of breaking news that impacts one playoff team. Next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 